Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, I'm Kevin McDonnell and you're listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, I want to talk about something really critical that people may not be aware is happening right now. And this is council tax on HMOs. So a HMO is a house of multiple occupation. So a property that's been let out by the room to individuals. Up until recently, the councils have been charging just one council tax for that property. But I'm seeing it more and more now across the UK where the councils are introducing council tax by their room. Now, this is making a significant difference to the profitability of these properties. There's some things that you need to be aware of and some things that you can challenge. Um, and it's very, very important if you're thinking about getting into HMOs, thinking about maybe converting a single-let property into a HMO around what works you do to the property. So council tax traditionally is charged on a property that is a single habitable unit. So for instance, like a house that's rented on a single tenancy or maybe a flat or um, like a a self-contained unit, a self-contained bedsit or something. Now on houses of multiple occupation, Over the last few years, what a lot of landlords have done to try and increase their rents is they've converted properties and put en-suites into all the bedrooms and also put kitchenettes into the bedrooms. Now, immediately, if you can sleep, wash, cook everything within one self-contained unit, then the councils or the VOA, the valuations office, have got the ability to charge council tax by the room for that accommodation because it's set up as a self-contained unit. To get around this, what a lot of landlords have done is just put en-suites in and then have a shared communal area, so shared kitchen where you do your cooking, your washing, um, all of of the sort of communal area would be classed as a requirement, meaning that there wasn't a self-contained unit, so there should be one council tax banding for that building. However, what I've seen recently, and I've been affected by this myself, is that councils have started to issue council tax bills by the room, even if you don't have a fully self-contained room where there's a ki- kitchen facilities. So I've got one property in particular that's a 12-bed, all-ensuite HMO, so it's got all-ensuites, but it doesn't have kitchenettes in the bedrooms. You've got the tenants have to share the kitchen, they've got a, they share the cooking facilities, they share knives, forks, plates, all that sort of stuff. But they have a, an ensuite, so they've got their own individual bathrooms. Well, h- how the process works is the, v- the valuations office, they don't actually initially determine that it's now as 12 individual units. The council will inform the valuations office that the property has changed use. The valuations office will then put the banding in place based on what the council have told them. So in my situation, I've been going around in circles a little bit because the council will say it's the valuation office's um, responsibility to band it. The valuations office are saying they got their information from the council and it goes round and round and round in circles and gets no place. 
to the point where I got my council tax bills frozen until we could appeal. The council's been slow, didn't put my appeal through quick enough, and then the council tax in the council issued summonses for late bill payments and got as far as actually issuing me with a court date. I've managed to have the court dates cancelled and the summonses cancelled while they re-look into the bandings. Now, I'm not sure if I'm going to get one banding or not, but on this particular property, one council tax bill for the year is £1,300.11p. That would be, that's the yearly council tax bill for the building, that £1,300.11p for the year. That would work out at £108.34p per month. As it's a 12-bed HMO, that's £108.34p per room over the year, which is not a, a huge amount of council tax. However, with the current billing, because I've been billed, instead of £1,300.11p for the entire year, I've been billed that per room per year. So on a 12-bed property, that's £1,300.11 per month, meaning my council tax has gone from £108.34 per room per year to £1,300.11 per room per year. A massive, massive increase. An increase that actually wipes out the entire profit for that building. Now, there's a number of people that I know that have been affected by this similar council tax banding. And I thought it was important to do a podcast to make sure that people were aware that this could happen so that you can plan before you do your refurbishments because it may be that one thing you could do is not put en-suites in every room. So I know I mentioned a few moments ago that it needed en-suites and kitchenettes to become self-contained. However, the council are looking at it differently now. And one of the reasons they're looking at it differently is because there's a shortfall in a lot of budgets across the country for councils. And they're trying anything they can to get extra revenue to come in. And an easy target, as usual, would be a landlord. So they're they're hitting the landlords with council tax per room. Now, if the council tax is per the room with en-suites, one of the things you could do is when you're doing your setup to convert a property into a HMO is have a shared bathroom facility. So I know some landlords that they're not putting en-suites in anymore. What they're doing is they're having their rooms but they're, and they're then adding in more than one bathroom but making them shared bathrooms. So for instance, if you've got a six-bed house, you might put three bathrooms in um, uh, or one bathroom and two shower rooms and you would make them shared. So there'd be two rooms would have a bathroom, another two rooms would share a bathroom and another two rooms would share a bathroom. I don't mean Jack and Jill type. I mean, literally all six tenants could use one of the bathrooms, but you'd let them know when they move in that there may be one bathroom on each floor or something for each of the rooms to use. But they're now common shared area. That's one thing you may be able to do to get around this. However, I do know some people that have had councils charge them council tax by the room just because they've got a lock on the door. So if you've got a lock on your bedroom door, that means that that is a self-contained unit, even if it doesn't have a bathroom and doesn't have a kitchenette. Now, the councils are making these rules up individually themselves to try and get council tax charged by the room so they can bring more income in. We've got to, as investors, we've tried to try and get one step ahead of them in terms of how we challenge this and how we get around this. 
One of the challenges we have is the term self-contained is not directly set in legislation, but it's actually shaped by case law and can sometimes be required for only minimal facilities, such as a lock on the door. You, you really need to speak to the VOA, the Valuations Office, if you have any queries at all before you convert a property or if you've had a letter through about a property. You are able to appeal. So to get further information and to, to appeal your banding, if you have been banded and charged by the room, is to go to gov.uk forward slash council hyphen tax hyphen appeals and you can challenge your council tax banding because one of the big things that I've noticed is that actually we've been not just having to charge council tax by the room but they're giving it a band A as well which is the most expensive council tax. Now one of the things that you could do is say oh well I can qualify for a 25% single person discount. However the 25% single person discount only qualifies if the individual council tax is being paid by the tenant. Now, as most people who have done houses of multiple occupation will know, is generally they're let on a all bills included basis, which includes the council tax, which means the landlord is responsible for paying the council tax on the way that your tenancy agreement is written. If you are, as the landlord, are paying the council tax on all 12 rooms, and you're not the occupant, you don't qualify for the single person occupancy. So to get around this, you would have to get the tenant to pay the council tax and apply for the 25% single person discount. However, that still just reduces your bill by 25%. And for my case, £1,300 a room per year, reducing my bill by 25% means I'm still going to be paying about £1,000 a room for the year instead of £108 a room. So it's not the ideal scenario, but it is something that can help reduce the bill should you be affected by this new law. Well, I say new law, but it's not actually a law. It's just something that the councils are implementing. And when I mentioned law a few moments ago, I mentioned about how they determine what self-contained is based on case law rather than legislation. And one of the cases that they often refer to in court is a case called John Langensons, which is from 1949. And this case is the one that's most commonly used in respect to non-domestic rates cases. So if you've got a, a non-domestic rates case and you take that to a court, the, they have based most of their decisions on this case in terms of what they determine the rateable value for. Now, there's four things that the court looks at when determining at the value of the rates for that property and for that room. One is, is it beneficial? Two is, is it exclusive? Three is, is it actual? And four is, is it non-too transient? Now, there are four items that each individual room has to be. If the occupation is those four things, then it is likely that there is sufficient case to warrant for its own council tax banding. Our job is to challenge that. The in simple English terms, me being Irish, beneficial, exclusive, actual and non-too transient, I'm not even 100% sure what that even means. But in simple English, what you need to know is that the one of the ways you can challenge this is to not have en-suites, to certainly don't have, have kitchenettes in your HMOs. But more importantly is 
if you have all of the tenants, and this is the critical point, is if you have all of your tenants on one tenancy agreement, so on the case of my 12-bed HMO, if I have one tenancy agreement where all 12 tenants are on the same contract, then from what I've been researching, this is the best and most effective and efficient way to challenge the law. Because what you are showing is that there is one tenancy agreement, so therefore should there should be one council tax bill. If you've got 12 individual tenancy agreements, you are shown 12 individual units within that property that are self-contained. So if you are challenging the VOA on any bill, if you've got a HMO where they're char- targeting you and asking for you to pay council tax by the room, then if you can get all of the tenants onto one contract where the, the tenants all pay the rent together, and it might require that all tenants pay, say that on my 12 bed, 11 of the tenants pay one tenant and then that one tenant pays me, that is a way to get around the bill. And it's nearly worthwhile doing that because you could offer that one tenant a discount on his rent to be the property manager in that house to look after it for you. It'll, it might get, reduce your rent for that one room but not to the point where you're significantly hit by massive council tax bills. I've also had some people say, what you can do is just make the tenants pay. So for me, I think that's a little bit of head in the sand because, okay, you get 12 council tax bills. I'll give you a scenario. So in, in our portfolio, I've got the 12-bed all-on-suite HMO that I've been, I've been asked to pay council tax by the, by the room on. But I've also got some smaller HMOs that are, let's say, a three, four bed property that's let out as four individual rooms, unlicensed HMO or even a licensed HMO with four four to five bedrooms in the property. But they don't have en suites. If I ask the tenants to pay the council tax and pass the bill over to them, as an example, my average rent in, in a room in the town is £300 a month. So I'm up north, it's 300 quid a month for a room, all bills included. The council tax is £100 a month. If the tenant has to pay that, with their 25% discount, £108 a month, 25% discount, they're going to be paying about £80 a month. If they have to pay £300 a month for the room, plus an additional £80 for the council tax, their rent has just gone up from £300 to £380. That is a significant increase. They, You may decide, oh, I'm going to just pass the bill on to the tenant because they're the tenant. They should pay the council tax. But if I pass the bill on to the tenant and it, their rent goes from £300 to £380, they will just move out and move into another property, whether it be mine or belonging to another landlord, so the competition. They'll move into one of their properties that's not been charged council tax by the room. So they can rent a room in a separate property for their £300 a month and not have to pay a council tax bill. So it's not as simple as all the landlords will just put their rent up because we're stuck in the middle here of only some HMOs are being charged council tax by the room. Had every HMO in the town been charged council tax by the room, then you could potentially put the rents up because everyone would have to. But the challenge that landlords have got at the moment with this tax is only some HMOs have been targeted. That means that putting the rent up will affect your occupancy levels because the tenants can choose the competition's rooms just down the street 
for the same rent as they're getting off you, but without the need to pay council tax. So we really need to come up with a different solution than just put the rent up. It's not the answer to this scenario, unfortunately. If I was to put the rent up on my property, I know the tenants would just move out because they can, because there's lots of competition. There's lots of other people who have got rooms available and they're not being charged council tax by the room. So they, as it's just uh, as an overview again, this is HMOs being charged council tax by the room by your local councils. It is happening. It is something you need to be aware of. You probably want to speak to your local council before you're doing a conversion. You definitely possibly don't want to be looking at putting kitchenettes into HMOs. It was a big thing the last few years, but I think you need to maybe relook at it now based on the new information that's been coming out. En suites are probably not the best idea right now either for the long term. It would be better to look at maybe share more than one shared bathroom, but still having shared bathrooms. If you have got already HMO set up with all en-suites and you've been affected by this, then aim to look at getting all of the tenants on one tenancy agreement. If you can get them all on one tenancy agreement, then you will get around the, the, the charging by the room because you can show that there's only one tenant in the property. Another option is you could potentially run the property as serviced accommodation. One of the reasons this property has been highlighted for me by the council is that we, are, we applied for planning permission to change its use. And we changed the use from commercial to HMO. And that meant that it had to be rebanded and they took the opportunity to reband it by the room. Now, if I leave it as commercial or apply to convert it back to a commercial and run it as serviced accommodation, that would be business rates. So there would be business rates on the property and then I could actually apply for small business rates relief. So there's the potential that you can avoid the stamp duty and avoid the business rates as well. So if I'm not successful in my appeal, which I'm currently putting in at the moment, and I'll keep people informed within the communities. So there's Progressive Property. I've got a Facebook community. The prog- if you want to join it, if you're not already in it, go to the pro- go onto Facebook and type in Progressive Property Community and just join And I'll keep people updated within the community on how my challenge goes on this HMO. But if anybody else has any HMOs that are also being challenged on and you've been asked to charge council tax by the room, it'd be great if you post in there, tag me in, Kevin McDonnell, and I can look into it as well. And what I might do in a few months' time is do an updated podcast on the results of our appeal. But the best routes down the road of appeal I've I've been looking into is to get all the tenants on one bill. So there one tenancy agreement on one monthly rental payment is one way around it. Two is not having as little um, self-contained facilities as possible. So making sure the tenants have to use communal space where possible, not just for kitchen, but also for bathrooms. So communal bathrooms, that will help with any appeal. But the other option is using it for serviced accommodation, using it as a business and having business rates on the building rather than residential HMO rates. So that's a little bit of an update of how council tax on HMOs have been banded right now. Hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast. Remember, the podcast is out on iTunes and Stitcher every Tuesday. So it's available from 7.30 in the morning every Tuesday. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. Also, make sure, as I mentioned, make sure that you're joined the Progressive Property Facebook community And best of luck with your property journey and hopefully that you're not affected by this new council tax banding on HMOs. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. 
I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been awesome. Yeah.